one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty minds of the Magic the Gathering subreddits and the stories that you provide, our listeners, our prospectors out there. And we read those for you, uh, talk a little bit, maybe make some jokes, maybe give some advice on navigating playgroup dynamics. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say, hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello, hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. And today we're also joined by our mythical fourth pod member, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hi, Nick. Nice. Mm, I thought I could get you this time. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Can't fool me. I are smart. <laughs> so normally we do talk about salty posts and tell salty stories, but today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's after the holidays. It's after the new year. We have just wrapped up our third annual secret Santa event with our pod here with this group of four. And we thought it would be fun to just talk through the decks that we've done over the years, how we've done the secret Santa and you know, how it's worked out. Have we kept playing with those decks? Have we changed them at all? And you know, sort of some of the successes and different things that we found out through that process. Well, especially, especially cause we fucking tell you guys to do this all the time. <laughs> We're always like, yeah. build someone else a deck, have them play with this it. This solves like, every problem ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is like us actually doing the thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We do say this a lot. And I think we've talked about the secret Santa thing a lot too. Um, you know, it's not unique. I think that there's a lot of groups out there that do this. I know that the EDH subreddit does this too. They do like an entirely whatever thing. Uh, the magic Santa subreddit, thing. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is it the magic subreddit? It's yeah. The okay. Um, but they do a secret Santa that that isn't necessarily decks. You know, it could be a bunch of different shit. Um, but we just wanted to talk about our tradition, our process, and um, yeah, but maybe even what we're gonna do moving forward. But we've got twelve decks to talk about. <laughs> so On the first day eat. of deck, Miss My <laughs> Sam gave to me. How are we doing that? I assume we're doing it by like year, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll do the first year, the second year, and then the most recent year. Cool. So we started this in 2020, and that was really the year where the four of us started to become like a dedicated pod, played weekly together. And, you know, Christmas of 2020, I think COVID was still pretty intense, but it was good enough where people felt comfortable to get together in person. And yeah. this was kind of us commemorating our like first time getting to play together in person. In, in like months, because we had played together a couple times in the past, but then COVID happened and we started playing weekly because we were yep. like, oh, webcam magic exists. Easy peasy then, webcam time. And like, because we all live so far away, we used to like only play once in a blue moon. And then we started playing once a week. Like twice um, or three times a week when COVID first We were first playing came. a lot. Yeah. Like <laughs> fucking Anyone doing anything tonight? So much. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing going on. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that was the first thing I think a few of us had done maybe all of us, like we hadn't seen other human beings for a while. 
And it was like also such a cathartic, like, I think I hugged Nick for the first time then. And I was like, this is so nice. <laughs> Tony's like, wow, human contact. <laughs> like literally. It, it's true, man. It's true. Very true. So that first year, we kicked things off pretty simply with our Secret Santa tradition. We 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 like to set some rules uh, and some boundaries just so we are kind of all building on the same page, getting a similar product. And then when we play our game, ideally, you know, we have some like decent balance going on there. So our first year was pretty simple. I don't think we had any rules other than a $50 limit, right? Yeah, I think that was it. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked a little bit Maybe it just kind of naturally happened, but we talked a little bit about giving people things they didn't already have. Um, yes. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if yeah, that, that was true. official at all, but I think I, I do think that was sort of a sentiment that we had expressed. Yeah, that's a good point. Trying to find something that the other people didn't really have in their collection and hadn't really gone towards for building and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who wants to kick it off? Uh, I'll kick it off. So Do it. I haven't been able to find the exact list for this, which kind of stinks because it was lost, I think, in the transition from Architect to Moxfield for me. But Moxfield hit us up with those sponsorships. Yep. Happy. <laughs> Still logged in. Architect, Architect, don't hit us up with those sponsorships. <laughs> Just because you create a new account in one website doesn't mean the other account got deleted. Like you probably could just log into Architect. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I went and looked for it on Architect and it does not exist. So Architect, hit us up with that sponsorship and we will migrate all of our decks back. <laughs> i i definitely won't do that actually no, you can you can copy and paste it so i think we are i like just updated almost all my deck lists so like it's in moxville we're in moxville now baby like did you upload verizal though i said almost all <laughs> ouch um well that's a bit of a reveal so mike tell us about the deck you made tony yeah so i'll I'll read the commander real quick first it's from the uh the newest zendikar return to return to zendikar or whichever uh and it is um x a green and a blue for What's the name of the card it's it's verizal the split current thank you thanks uh and it is x a green and a blue for a legendary creature serpent printed at rare uh for you sam just so you know wow it enters with a plus one plus one counter on it for each mana spent to cast it which is kind of nice because it works even when you're paying command tax you can Mm -hmm. continue to you know you just get those plus one plus one counters anyway and then whenever you cast a kicked spell you may remove two plus one plus one counters from verizal if you do copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copy so uh sorry what was the set number and who is the artist yeah so the <laughs> set was uh zendikar rising the card number was uh 239 for that and Ooh, the, wow 239 good yeah number. the artist was uh darken uh it's a 2020 wizards of the coast copyright and uh it was printed in english the one that i gave tony i was gonna be like you're a fucking nerd why do you know this and then i realized it's actually written on the card (laughs) (laughs) tony reading the card explains the card i did not know that this the the set number was on the card oh my god wow shows you how i don't go past the bottom of the border that's how they number crunch for the master sets Mm. yep that's how they're always figuring that out (laughs) so one of the things that I like to include in all of the decks that I've been building, like I 
kind of started doing it when I built this one is decks that have an easy path to upgrade. And that was like a really nice thing to do when building a gift deck, because then like if someone wants to put some more cards into it, if they find they like it, it's pretty easy to do. And then also usually building around some specific mechanic. So like this, obviously kicker mechanic, you're trying to cast kicked spells and then copy them and remove some counters to get duplicated versions of them. The goal of the deck was to get those big kick spells out, go wide, get plus one, plus one counters and just smash face. And it was particularly fun because Tony is a huge fan of blue. So being able to give him (laughs) a blue green deck, like Simic value engine, the typical like boogeyman of the format that people just kind of trash on all the time. um, That was extra fun. Yeah, I think it's the first Simic deck I ever had. And I was like, oh, I guess Simic's pretty good. <laughs> Just even at like a base level. When we play, I'm actually pretty sure that I won. I, I remember that too. I remember you like kicking the shit out of us with like <laughs> huge kick spells and like, um, what what's that like elemental that creates a bunch of, two two wolves like you just blasting that down oh and, i did blast it that i remember like yeah wolf briar elemental yeah yes. i remember seeing wolf like, like 20 wolves on the opposite <laughs> side of the, of the table <laughs> did you give me a doubling season in here i must have put this in there. i think you put a couple things in yeah but i think it, I, I remember what i so so you had built it with like the main kicker like mm-hmm. theme because that's like what the, the mando do yeah uh and so when I played it, the one thing I did find is that it was it was like so mana hungry. Mm-hmm. Like I won because I was getting some of the pity. Like, look, we won't beat up on Tony. He's not really doing anything. <laughs> but then I just got to this state. Where I had like a fuckload of mana, and yeah. like then I started like doing kick spells and doubling them for like ten plus, uh, and it, it was getting like super out of control. And it was, it was definitely fun. I remember what I started to do that maybe I should come back to and look at um was was one card that um mike gave me in it was jace mirror mage which has mm. kicker and it was like the sexy art one it was like a full <laughs> it was like the full art and so i was like oh this is fucking sick maybe this is where my full art like craze started could um, be. and so from that i was like i gotta do a planeswalker build of this so maybe i gotta go back because i never really finished it but i started doing it and that's why i think i threw doubling season there because mm. there's also a lot of like plus one plus one counter synergy so yeah. the, yep. the cool part about Verzal is definitely the fact that like she grew as you played her because she would get removed or I'd even remember myself because I played her for two. I would kick a spell and she's usually gone. get like more mana. She's gone to be able to recast her. And so mm-hmm. it's like casting her even for three sometimes was good, too. But it was definitely a fun build. I like. Yeah, it. the value was was there for sure. Yeah. I think one of the the like all-star cards in it too was Forgotten Ancient. I remember finding that and being really excited about it. So whenever a player yeah. casts a spell, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on Forgotten Ancient. Uh, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you can move any number of plus one, plus one counters onto other creatures. So if you, you know, if all things are set up perfectly, if you have uh, Verizal and Ancient out, every cast someone else does is sort of like, half a copy of one of the spells you're going to cast someone else or yourself because forgotten ancient is is everybody whenever a player right. casts a spell yeah it's pretty right. dope i remember getting it out too and i i hadn't seen that card in a long time i actually ran it in my old plus one plus one counter 60 mm. card deck uh and i was like <laughs> uh near and dear to my heart baby <laughs> and it's very almost like ristic study-esque of everybody's like are you gonna play a spell and i mean of course you're gonna play a spell but it's like 
it, yeah, add, it they just add up quick yeah it, it does, like mana yeah. gorge or hydra that kind of shit but yeah and i did also like that when i was building it there are a lot of kicker like ramp spells there's they're sort of inefficient so like Primal Growth is actually one of the better ones um, where you sacrifice a creature and you can uh, go get a basic land. And if you kick it, you can get two. So you're basically getting like a harrow, but without sacrificing the land by sacrificing a creature instead. Hmm. Um, And then because any format that runs kicker usually has like a limited format that runs kicker, it's usually in like the ramp uh, kind of archetype so there's usually a ramp kicker spell or two where you're kicking to search a land to hand or you're kicking to get an extra land or something uh, and so it kind of did the the mechanic kind of supported itself pretty well uh, on the deck that was built there i stayed try and true though people want to will want to know uh i'm looking at some of the cards that i removed because i left them in the box and there's two counter spells in here that i removed <laughs> <laughs> Are, they're not the kicked ones though are they, they are the kicked ones oh, i think the only counter spells i put in were at least kicker counter spells i yeah, could be I wrong they were i think they were i don't think there's <laughs> any other ones in the deck uh i think that was the other thing i found too which was why i started adding some planeswalkers in for like the to add to like the plus one plus one synergy maybe add some proliferate in there is because uh while a lot of the kick cards are really strong there's also a bunch of other ones that like <laughs> It's like six mana to like draw two cards mm-hmm. or like destroy an artifact. Yeah. But now you can destroy Tony, two the synergies. <laughs> I know I can destroy four, four artifacts. <laughs> like, yeah. That was the other nice thing is that when you're building a deck on a budget, if your commander makes some basically unplayable cards, like borderline playable, you can really save a lot on what <laughs> cards you're putting in the deck. Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, let's jump to the next one here. So I'm going to go next with the deck that I built for Nick. And I built Nick. This is similar to Mike's deck. Um, Nick also didn't have a Simic deck. So I built Nick a Simic deck as well. And I built Experiment Crash. Cray J or or Kraj or however it's said. Do it for the love like Cray (laughs) J. It is two generic mana two green and two blue for legendary creature ooze mutant and it's a four six and it says experiment crash has all activated abilities of each other creature with a plus one plus one counter on it and you can tap it to put a plus one plus one counter on target creature so the synergy is pretty obvious here the deck is full of creatures with like value activated abilities there are a lot of graft creatures in here where you know creatures come into play with plus one plus one counters on them you can move them to other creatures as they enter the battlefield uh there's creatures with big activated abilities like arcanist the omnipotent which can tap to draw three cards a bunch of things in that vein there's some untaps in here as well like gilder bairn where you can untap and uh for each counter on target permanent put another of those counters on that permanent so there's some proliferate in here as well some some proliferate like effects and it's an interesting deck because you can also put plus one plus one counters on opposing creatures that have activated abilities and steal those with Kraj too. It's got your pretty typical like interaction package, typical ramp package. Some of the interesting cards in here are things that untap. Specifically, Horseshoe Crab is like a menace in this deck because for one blue, you can untap Horseshoe Crab. If you put a plus one plus one counter on it, then you can be untapping and retapping Kraj pretty easily. And there's also a couple things like Merc Fiend Liege 
and Quest for Renewal, which is sort of like a pseudo Seedborne musability. They're not quite as good, but they can get you there and be very similar on a budget. Um, it's interesting to note, I built the deck for 50 bucks and it's currently valued at $52.90. So <laughs> clean. <laughs> it's Yeah, it stayed pretty clean. And it's really just like a instant speed kind of interaction deck. There's no true combos. Um, the main win cons are beats. Well, okay, there is one combo. The main win cons are beats. And then I do have a Sage of Hours in there, which uh, whenever you cast a spell that targets it, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And if you remove all the plus one, plus one counters from it, for each five you remove, you take an extra turn. So as long as you have enough value to drop five plus one, plus one counters on a Sage of Hours, you can essentially just take infinite turns and win from there. I think you did win that way a couple of times, Nick. Yeah, I think at least once. Not in the first game, but I think in like follow-on games. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that year, that year we we all kind of played them a lot. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, what do you think about this deck, Nick? Uh, it was fun. I mean, you were definitely right. I'm not a Simic player by trade. Uh, <laughs> I have strong feelings about most of the Simic uh, commanders that are available, and that they're kind of don't do anything interesting. Uh, but but Krayjay, I think you knew that when you were deck building, so that's why you picked. Cray J because yep. it, it has a bit of a different build pattern. It doesn't specifically have a super strong, like, oh, play land, draw a card, like all of the other Simic commanders that exist. I mean, the Simic commanders win. That's the interesting thing they do. They just fucking yeah. win games. <laughs> they, don't do it, they don't do it very fun. Yeah, no, I, fun. I agree. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> that deck is still together. I haven't changed it at all. Uh, I have you know, kind of busted it out occasionally. Usually it's kind of like, oh, I want something that is not super high powered. Not not that Sam made a bad deck, but just because it is a, a kind of lower costed deck. Mm -hmm. um, one of the exciting things that I wanted to happen with that deck that almost never really happens is the ability to put counters on other people's stuff to steal mm -hmm. other creatures' abilities. And like, yeah. more often than not, you just don't have targets that are valuable to do it. And that was kind of uh, a womp womp of that that deck is like oh i want to i want to put counters on other people's stuff and, and do what their deck does and it just didn't kind of pan out but i mean overall i think the the deck is is fun for for a simic deck for sure yeah it really plays like a mono green deck with tap effects and some controlly <laughs> stuff but mostly it it's almost like it could be mono green how many times is that said uh, on average? I it's fun for a simic deck. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I got I got a deck with Thrasios at the helm, and it's fucking fun as hell. So <laughs> I have no such Ooh. qualms. <laughs> Low key mid, bruh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> cool. Well, should I go next? Yeah, definitely. Uh, alrighty. I built Gyruda, Doom of Depths. It's four and hybrid mana, uh, Demir. Demir. It's got Companion, so this came out in whatever the fuck set that was. Uh, that Aporia, had Companion Aporia. stuff where it was all broken, and then they're like, just kidding, this isn't how this mechanic is gonna work anymore. <laughs> we'll reset that, but this was, again, at the, at the helm. It's a legendary creature, Demon Kraken. Has no flavor text, which is a miss. I probably should have not even built it. Uh, but right, Garuda says, when Garuda enters a battlefield, each player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Put a creature card with an even converted mana cost from among those cards onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, and she'd be a 6-6. Six, six. So I built this 
as a you build it for tony you didn't say that oh i built it for sam built it for sammy built in this deck i think at the time maybe you didn't have a demir deck uh i definitely did i was playing najila i mean sorry i was playing i definitely did i was playing he doesn't even know the fucking colors aggressively Um, i just did did you have eureka already at this point yeah i definitely did the reason tony made this is like play another demir deck (laughs) he just wasn't getting counted enough (laughs) honestly i think part of it you know what i think half of it was is that i knew sam liked blue and i didn't really like blue uh but i had been thinking of building i feel like this is actually the case for all of my decks that i've built they're decks that i wanted to build for me uh but then just built for for these purposes because i was like that's a fun way to do it too yeah uh, within all of our constraints and everything but these are all decks that i actually wanted to play that i thought that people would enjoy too but so i built this as a clone deck uh and so the whole point is to get Garuda out and then blink her like a fuckload. And it's not to have like as a mill win, but just to as a value win. And so if you get something from your own deck, nine times out of 10, it's it's a blinky thing. It's not some like big, stupid creature that's going to come out and like impact the game that way. It's it's almost hoping to get that from your opponents. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't get it on the first shot, why don't you fucking try again and see what happens? <laughs> It, it was definitely $50 when I built it. And the only expensive card I had in the deck was Thassa Deep Dwelling, yep. uh, which is that like blink uh, legendary enchantment, which is fucking broken in most things. But one of the cards that I always thought was cool that I found like for this build that I wanted to talk to briefly was just Haunted Crossroads, which is an enchantment, two colorless and a black. Pay a black, put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just like, it really fit well in like this mechanic. Mm-hmm. And then also I, I found it, I was like, I should put this in other fucking decks that I have. <laughs> Because it, it's just like a really powerful effect to be like, oh, I'm going to like pop this thing back on that I lost one turn before. It's like hard harder to get rid of creatures and you almost like kind of don't care when people do. But that is the the general gist. And again, there, there was like some rampy stuff in there, but it basically was like every flicker effects and clones you could find in the colors. I don't think I put it in. I think there's technically one counter spell in the deck, but really I just had it in there for the transmute. And I don't remember what he was supposed to go get with the transmute, but I did put that card. It was called Perplex, which says counter target spell unless its controller discards his or her hand. What's the mana value on it? Three. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Transmute for three. Yeah, transmute. At the time, I was like, he could go get this card with this. (laughs) And I put it in there and I now like have no fucking clue what (laughs) it was that you were supposed to go get. (laughs) But it was something. It was definitely something. Yeah, I remember this being a really fun deck to play, but also frustrating for a specific reason, uh, which I'll get to in a second. The one thing I want to point out is that I'm a huge fan of white bordered basic lands. And when Tony built me this deck, he built it with all white border basic lands, which was like (laughs) the best. He had like handpicked out all these sick white border basics and put it together for me. So that was really cool. Um, It was a funny deck to play. Like it's super powerful. You're usually flickering Gyruda or making a clone of Gyruda like two to three times a turn. So it was like, it was popping. Like the mill wasn't the win con, but it was like, an oppressive doing it yeah (laughs) which is partly why it wasn't fun to play because i remember you know when we've had these games you want to see the deck that you built pop off and do cool things and i remember just milling away nick's experiment crash deck 
and him seeing all these cool cards and being like, well, it's in my graveyard now. I can't <laughs> yeah. use it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I'm just playing. And yeah, I do. Kind of everyone that was happening. in that situation where I was just milling yeah. away their cool shit. We got to see way more of the decks, though. <laughs> that is true. We did get to see a lot of the cards right in the graveyard. We saw them as they went away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I don't play this one too much. Um, I haven't made any changes to it. I've kept it all together entirely. No changes at all. It's still in its original form. I don't play it much. And I think it's because it's annoying to play over webcam because you're stealing so many creatures from opponents over and over and over again. You know, you're drawing a lot of tokens or trying to manage things on your board state. And it can just get a little bit confusing and cumbersome. So I haven't broken it out too much, uh, but it is still together and, and ready to go at any time. That sounds like the bullshit excuse of I just did, I don't love Tony, so I didn't play his deck that he built me. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. exactly correct. <laughs> Not the excuse, it's the reason. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Maybe no, if it had more counter great. spells in it. Yeah. <laughs> Needs more blue. It's not blue enough for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, do you want to go now? Uh, so I made uh, blue braids. I don't know if it was the original braids or one of the early, not not the newest braids. Um, braids Conjurer Adept is two and two blue for a legendary creature, human wizard. Uh, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player may put an artifact, creature, or land card from their hand onto the battlefield. And this is a very interesting flavor text. It has a word in a way I've never used it before. The rifted multiverse became a sea of conflicting realities, each peopled peopled as in a verb by possible versions of every living being have you ever used the word people as a verb two people have you ever peopled before never that's so weird like populated yeah they use peopled yes i love that <laughs> sounds oh, like a man. bad translation yeah uh, and it is a it is a two-two so if you've never played with or against a braids deck, basically every upkeep, each player during their upkeep gets to, you know, plop something out on the battlefield for free. Uh, it is perfectly valid to plop out a land and use it as a ramp. That's always good. But the way the deck is built is it just has big fat fatties in, you know, mono blue and other colorless uh, sea creatures and monsters yep. and, and all sorts of big things. A couple extra like synergistic cards. Strionic Resonator gets you an extra Braids trigger. Paradox Haze, same idea. You enchant yourself with it and you get an extra Braids trigger when everybody else only gets one. Vanishing is a fun one. Uh, it's a one mana blue enchantment that gives your creature the ability to phase out. Oh, So you basically yeah. use, you use Vanishing on your yes. Braids, get the Braids activation, and then phase it out so it's gone for everybody else's turn. And then That only is the most brutal the card in the deck, in my yeah. opinion. Like whenever that comes out, it's like, sweet. Uh, none of us get the benefit of Braids. Yep. And Mike is just getting like a free fatty every single turn. And it's so yep. cheap to activate. Yep. Yeah, you know, because it's phased out, right? Basically, nobody can deal with the braids during their right. turn anyway. Yeah. So it's not like they could even get rid of it, which is yeah. Really there's nice. a there's a, a creature that taps to do a very similar thing as well. It's anytime you can get phasing on braids, it's super satisfying. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I, I built the deck because I thought one, it it's an interesting build, and two, it's fun to play with, which is mm -hmm. one of the things I was thinking mm -hmm. of. What deck do I want to sit opposite from? That's actually mm -hmm. like fun to play against that I wouldn't kind of groan at. You know, the native ability of having braids just give everybody free stuff, I thought was pretty interesting. Totally. So I'll let Mike uh, share his thoughts. Yeah. The other thing that was really funny about this and is still really funny about this, every time I play it, 
it draws into a ton of board wipes, uh, like a ton of mass <laughs> bounce effects, yeah, which is like, <laughs> I think it's the deck probably with the highest density of board wipes that I, that I own. Yeah, it has i I'm looking at the list now. It's got whelming wave flood of tears, which is a similar idea. Curse of swine, which is a pay for, but you That's basically got a bunch pay. of creatures. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of fun ones like that. Yep. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. It's a, uh, Overall, great. I love having the Leviathan kind of like big sea creatures theme to it. Uh, I've hovered between like putting more Eldrazi in because that also came with what you initially gave it. And between like between that and the sea creature theme, and I haven't really narrowed in on one. There will definitely be some day in the future where I edit the deck. And I've definitely made like singleton swaps here and there over time, but it's overall much in the same form that it was because it just functions nicely uh, as it was delivered so similar to what sam was saying like it's one that i bust out or sorry i think nick was saying it's it's one that i bust out when we're playing a lower power game uh not because it's bad but just because it fits that and is really like really consistently in that lane which is nice yeah most of the eldrazi like the good eldrazi were out of budget for the yeah. budget build, but <laughs> Ulamox Crusher is a is a seventy cent card, and it is an eight eight with Annihilator too. Yeah, and so dropping that out on the table for free uh, turns a lot of heads, which is pretty funny. Pretty <laughs> strong. That's definitely the deck that sees the most play in our pod. Like just thinking about these four decks, I don't really see Gyruda. I mean, I already talked about that. I don't really play it. I don't really see Verizal anymore. I don't think Tony really plays that deck often. And Kraj gets busted out sometimes, but Braids we see like maybe once or twice a month like i, I yeah. think you play that with some pretty good regularity mike except for all the board wipes in it it's really good when we're trying to squeeze that one last game in because someone's <laughs> yeah, gonna get a huge up. fatty out right away and we're just yeah. gonna start moving the game along yeah. <laughs> yeah i do love that um before we move on to the next year one thing i do want to say is I, I think that this first year was a success like we had all had a ton of fun doing this and um pulling the decks together and things like that I will say though that our games were very, very dirtily. Yeah. I remember us playing like two or three games the first day, and one of them we just kind of all agreed to stop because it was going on like hour two, and we were just dirtling hard, and no one was getting a win, and we were like, "This, this kind of sucks." <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know about you guys, but I took that to heart for the deck building for the next year where I wanted something that I had a little bit more of like a clear game plan and a clear win con. Yeah. I don't know if I took that specifically to heart, but I did, I I think you'll talk about it in a second, but the deck building restrictions for year two and, and probably to a lesser extent, year three were way more influential for my deck building. Yeah. And so it, it, for me, like building a more interesting gameplay perspective, I think that factored into it a bit. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about year two. So year two, we had a similar restriction. We went with a $50 budget and we wanted to have a little bit more of a restriction here. And we decided that we would all build partners. Uh, We would all build commander partners, but they had to be uncommon monocolored partners. And this was all from the first commander legend set. So we basically all picked two partners and then built around that. Uh, and we have some funny overlap <laughs> with yeah. these decks, as you guys will hear. Yeah, I'll also kick it off by just saying, I think the second year was the year I had the most fun deck building with. And I think we had like some of the 
best games and some of our favorite decks come out of that set. Not that the third year and first year were bad by any means, but something about that second year. (laughs) Sam's just saying that the third year's trash. (laughs) (laughs) Something about that second year just really like hit in a really interesting way. Yeah. With the deck building and the gameplay dynamics that we had. Um, So who wants to kick off year two? I was going to say, I can go first as the only one that didn't have a bunch of overlap uh, in the commanders. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Let's do it. So for the second year I built for Nick, everyone was doing partners. I figured an interesting extra restriction to add was to make it a mono-colored partners. So I did mono blue Flyers Sphinx Tribal headed by Elegeth, Crossroads Augur, and Siani, Eye of the Storm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... Elegeth is six and two blue for a Sphinx with flying. And if you would scry a number of cards, you draw that many cards instead as partner and it's a five, six. And then Siani is three and a blue for a flying Jin monk and whatever it attacks scry X where X is the number of attacking creatures with flying. So the game plan, you're trying to get a bunch of flyers out, swing, turn all of those theoretical scries off of Siani into draw off of Elgeth and just keep the value train going. And this was sort of getting Nick back for having built me mono blue. I was like, ah, I'll give Nick a mono blue deck. Uh, (laughs) So I did that. And this again was another one too, where I I really wanted to build something that Nick could uh, add to. I know Nick of, of all of us probably has the coolest most expansive collection of cards and so i figured that he would have like some pretty dope sphinxes at his disposal uh that may have been untrue and he ended up building a dope <laughs> flying monocolor deck <laughs> out of angels later so <laughs> i think uh this deck got unlucky with that but uh that was overall the plan this deck was fun to play as part of the group i think um the wombo combo of turning all your scries into draws uh, was very powerful. And I think like it's crazy. You mentioned that the deck was kind of like Sphinx tribal, but in my mind it was scribal. Like mm-hmm. your goal was more just trying to get extra synergy off of card scrying. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that from a theme, that's very powerful. I think like uh, we had talked about it later, but maybe one of the, one of the things I had considered doing was kind of pivoting that deck into being an Elementor deck. Yeah. That basically would add white and you know, more focus on the scry portion of it. I haven't played it too much since then. I think a big part of it is because the cost curve of it was pretty hard because it Bad. was so, it was so Sphinx, like Sphinx heavy. Like most Sphinxes are like four plus mana. Yeah. And so like the average of uh, the average of that deck was pretty high. Yeah. So it's, it, an, it's, it's an average 3.5 on yeah, the, okay. the curve for that, which is just like way higher than most things we run. Right. And so it hasn't seen much play since then. I have, you know, pondered of, you know, tweaking it. Maybe the elements are thing might be worth revisiting, adding in white to give it a little extra, uh, extra stuff to to mess with. Yeah. But, yeah. I got to say, though, like that tech kind of slapped like it, yeah. it drew a shit ton. And if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah. I think you had your whole deck in your hand, but you had <laughs> some like flying sphinx or dragon or something that like said you don't lose the game if you... Like there were to draw. Yeah, was, I remember uh, that. What was I don't Mike? That I don't like know if you happened. have the list. <laughs> yeah, I don't so know if you have the list up, but there was definitely whole fucking deck. I'm pretty sure was in his hand. <laughs> there yes. was definitely some part of that deck where I 
couldn't not draw cards yeah so there's some there's some combos you have to be really careful with Um, there's one where you were gonna instantly lose (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i think it's you had ormos archive keeper out which is six and two blue for a flying if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it instead put five plus one plus one counters on it yes. so i definitely remember one game where that was out and was just like you and you made big. It i think it was deck. like yeah, it was a 2020 20 or something and yeah. like yeah. we were like we gotta first off just kill that thing so that like we could not die but it was like one definitely of the really things powerful with that deck was you know with a sphinx theme sphinxes are super expensive but at the same time most sphinxes are bombs like they come out yeah. and do something crazy and you know they're making your opponents like pick and select different things and sometimes there are those like little mini game sphinxes that exist and then there's just a ton that like warp the game in a huge way Uh, like sphinx of the second sun or whatever the fuck it is which gives you like a whole nother untap upkeep and draw step at the end (laughs) of your turn like there's just a lot of weird sphinxes out there second second main phase yeah i found second main I found the issue. It's 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 like a pseudo Gitrog loop. So the issue is that Curator of Mysteries is whenever you cycle or discard another card, you scry one. And so oh, if you yeah. have if you're discarding to hand size, <laughs> if you're discarding to hand size at the end of your turn, each time you discard, you scry, but that gets turned into a draw off of yeah. Elegeth. And so you just rip through your whole deck unless you have some way of like <laughs> bouncing it. I do remember yeah, that. You rip through yeah. the whole deck and like lose instantly. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. I, I remember like almost doing it is what i is <laughs> yeah. what i was like oh if i do that i just lose right like yeah <laughs> yeah good times so Lord good spice um so who wants to go next okay i'm excited for this one <laughs> yeah so so first off i really liked the to go back to like the theme and the deck building i really enjoyed the deck building this year and so the the theme of limiting it to the two partner commanders from commander legends and having it be essentially dual colored decks, I think was really cool. Yeah. Uh, my instinct was to like, basically find like the most unused pairings uh, based off EDH rec, I think like what, what colors were not being used that much. And from that, I kind of got the idea of like, Oh, a Rakdos artifact deck would be really interesting. And I hadn't, like I was looking on EDH rec, I didn't really see anything pop up and I saw uh, Togo and I uh, see so yeah, this, this list is wrong. Cause I had the original one, but I built Togo Keskit. So the original pairing that I was looking at was, uh, Togo Armix, uh, but I ended up building Togo Keskit. Uh, so Togo is Togo Goblin Weaponsmith, two in a red legendary creature, Goblin Artificer. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a colorless equipment artifact token named rock equipped creature has pay one and tap sacrifice rock. This creature deals two damage to any target and the equipment has equip one and it's a two, two. The other partner commander was Keskit, the flesh sculptor, which was two and a black legendary creature, human artificer, tap it, sacrifice three other artifacts and or creatures. Look at the top three cards of your library, uh, put two of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard. And it is a one, three. So the obvious synergy here is you want to basically get lands on the board and have weird kind of landfall effects or other things that make artifact tokens. And then you can use Keskit's ability to filter through the deck and use it basically to draw cards, find interesting combo pieces, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
there's one key card that comes to mind immediately. I'm sure Sam has some others, but Marionette Master is probably the MVP of the deck in my mind. Definitely. Uh, so Marionette Master is uh, four and two black for a human artificer. It has Fabricate three. So Fabricate basically says when you when it enters the battlefield, you can either give it three plus one plus one counters or create three servos. So you can use that kind of either way. The second clause of Marionette Master, though, is the, the, the cool spice. Whenever an artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. So with the Togo ability, every time you sacrifice one of those rocks, either to casket or just using the rock to throw things and, and shoot down birds, which is where I've seen the pain from it from, <laughs> uh, shoot down angels uh, in particular, uh, you get extra bonuses off of there. And uh, Marionette Master is a win kind of the deck for sure, because you basically just have ways to sacrifice a bunch of artifacts all at once and then kill everybody on the table. Yeah, I mean, this deck, th this is probably why this is my favorite year, because, <laughs> and I would also say that this deck is our biggest success story from any of the Secret Santa lists that we made, uh, because this is one of my favorite decks that I own now. The cycle of play of making rocks you either using them for removal or using them for card draw and then getting like artifact going to graveyard triggers and things like that with Keskit while you're getting cards to hand is just a super fun loop to play. So, you know, I had a blast playing this when Nick gave it to me. At the time, it was more of an egg build. There are lots of, you know, a, a lot of magic players know that term egg, but if you don't, it's basically an artifact that does something when it comes into play or when it leaves the battlefield and doesn't really do anything else while it's there. So things like Icker Wellspring, where when it comes in or leaves, you draw a card or even like Executioner's Capsule, where you can pay to and sack it to destroy target non-black creature. They're like cheap artifacts that come out and just kind of sit on the board and wait for something to happen. So those really fed into the Keskit synergy at the time. Um, and it was just like a, a fun thing to play. I've since updated it and I, I won't talk too much about this because I could talk about it for like literally an hour, <laughs> but um, now it has a ton of like treasure synergy as well, which exists in Rakdos and Spades these days. And there's been a few additional cards that have been printed where when an artifact enters the battlefield or leaves the battlefield, you know, you can like get that burn damage going. And then there's just a lot of uh, other things that can combo off with that. So it's definitely just like, a super fun deck to pilot and a really interesting design space. Like it's funny to have a deck where burnished heart is one of like the best cards in your deck, which is, you know, this kind of nowadays kind of crappy land ramp that used to be very common in EDH. You're paying six mana to get two lands, but in this deck, you can really abuse it where you're like, bring it back from your graveyard, paying three, sacking it, getting two lands, getting two rocks, and just doing that over and over and over again to like build up this huge land base. I've also since added in every single fetch land too. So you can double up on those landfall triggers and just accumulate a shit ton of rocks. So love this deck. It's a ton yeah. of fun. I think at this point, you've basically fully tuned it up because when I built it, it was still obviously, you know, a budget deck. It, you know, I think, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we still have the same essential budget building rule for this yeah, year as well. 50 bucks. Yeah. Which I think yeah. we all, all broke but i was gonna know. say i'm pretty sure we all went over it by like <laughs> yeah. 20 25 bucks yeah it's it's yeah. hard to say every like, time we're like one... it's 50 dollars, and then like half the time a yeah. lot of us are just be like i didn't i spent more because i wanted <laughs> yeah. a card was... yeah because i wanted it to be cool <laughs> yeah it's hard to say like I, I don't remember what the value of this deck was at the time but the value of the base list that i have from nick 
now is like 78 bucks. Yeah. And then the okay. value of the list, the tuned up one that I have is like $760. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, you could tell what he said. I added all the fetch lands I could. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably like, Crucible Worlds and stuff like that. Yeah. And Crucible Worlds is in there. Um, you know, Bolus' Citadel, like all these, these things. But it's funny because it, the deck still shares probably 60%, uh, I'd say 60% or so of the list um, that Nick built. And I do also want to add that Nick did give me those white borderlands that I love so much. <laughs> um, but I yeah, not? it's a super fun deck. Love to play it. Um, I think it's... I'll go next because I have an overlapping piece with this. So where Nick built a Togo Keskit deck for me, I was also looking at Togo and I built a Togo Ichtekic deck for Tony. Um this deck is called Rock and Golem because it's a Golem-themed deck. Um, and you make rocks, and then you sacrifice them and get value for your Golems. So we already know what Togo does. So Ichtekic is a um, green creature for four and one green. Legendary creature, human artificer, and it's a 1-1. One, one. And when Ichtekic, Salvage Splicer, enters the battlefield, you create a 3-3 three, three colorless Golem artifact creature token. And whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each Techic and a plus one plus one counter on each golem you control. Wait, Sam, does that mean when your opponents it ha- does it, it happens yes. too? <laughs> yes. When you do it and when your opponents do Are it. Are you which sure? We, which we played wrong for like a year. Which we still play wrong. Like you and I play it wrong and you built it and I fucking play it. Like, yeah, so easy to forget. So it's a deck that has. Um, very similar cards to the Togo Keskit deck in that, you know, trying to like maximize land drops and things like that with green, it's a little bit easier. So, you know, so there's a lot of uh, land ramp and, and things that are bringing out multiple lands. So you can get those rock triggers and there is some treasure synergy here as well, you know, with like Brass's bounty where you get a treasure token for each land you control. Um, and then a lot of golems, a lot of value golems, Things like Howling Golem, which is like Howling Mine, but a Golem, and Meteor Golem, uh, Tormod's Crypt Keeper, Bosch the Iron Golem. There's also a few of the other Splicers in there. Some people, some players out there might know the Splicer cards, um, where when they come in, they create Golem tokens, and then they usually give your tokens some kind of like static ability, like they all get Trample, or you can regenerate them and things like that. So it ended up being this deck where the concept would be you get Togo out, you start making rocks. Eventually you ramp into Ichtekic, play some value golems, get some golem tokens. And then at a certain point in an ideal world, you have like a stack of treasure or a stack of rocks that you can sack to an artifact outlet. And you just sack them away like crazy and pump up your entire board, usually at instant speed. So Tony would like swing out with like five golems and look unassuming and then just like burn down 10 tokens and all of his creatures would get pumped by 10 and he would just like crush through. I think there's some plus one plus one synergies in there as well, but um, not a ton. This was one of the decks I had the most fun building and I goldfished the fuck out of it. I think I goldfished (laughs) it like 20 times a day for like over a week, <laughs> I was like obsessed with goldfishing it because the cycle of play was so fun, which is partly why I enjoy Togo Keskit so much because I wanted a deck 
that played like this. In fact, I, I thought about not giving this to Tony. And then when I got Togo <laughs> Keskin, I was like, oh, sick. Like, this is basically what I want to be doing anyways. So what do you think about this one, Tony? As I <laughs> no, it was <laughs> uh, this deck was definitely super fun to play and very me. Like yeah. I love plus one plus one counters. I love putting counters on things. I love sacking making stuff. tokens of things. I love sacking shit. I love all those things. And so it this is a deck that just does fucking all of it. And I really wish I had realized. So many times, so many times that I played this deck, I was not putting plus one plus one counters on it when, like, Sam was sacking a bunch of shit. Yeah, and, like I don't think it, in one of the games that we played for the Secret Santa Day did I do that. Like, oh, definitely not. With, like, definitely not. Like, what reading the cards explains the cards, and I just don't fucking read them. <laughs> but it it's like super fun. I liked it a lot, and I wound up tuning it up a lot. Fun fact: Blightsteel Colossus is a uh golem yeah <laughs> and so i bought the borderless version of it for this deck because i was like hell yeah i think sam is a little sad about it but i removed kind of a bunch of the golem theme from it because there's a lot of spicy like double target creatures power and then fling it at someone yeah and or like yep. do that and sack it at the end of turn yeah and so since then i i've played a bunch of games where like like literally out of nowhere i just fucking one shot like two players and then like usually lose but it feels really good when i (laughs) get like one or two people on something like that i added like a lot more fling effect type things into it and i definitely like uh spiced it up a bit as well yeah you really leaned into that like it's almost like the combat trick side of being able to sack all those artifacts at instant speed and kind of leaned into that with like you said, things that double power. So you, you know, you're attacking in with what seems like a pretty unassuming board. Blocks yeah, are made. Itchy one is like a one-one. I've got yeah. a three-three, and like one creature a, gets a two, through. Two. You buff yeah. it up to like a thirteen-thirteen. You double it to like a twenty-six, twenty-six. Kill one player and then fling it at another, and then yeah. it's like a one v one. And it's it's, it's so, a cool line of play I for sure. I fucking love that shit. It's so good. Feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I guess I should talk about the deck I made now, though. Yeah. So yeah. this is another bit of overlap as well. This was almost an infinite amount of overlap because a I thought about using Armix, which I I know Nick did as well, but I was really thinking about doing Togo Cascade, <laughs> and so <laughs> I did Cascade Glacier instead uh so glacian power stone engineer and this is for mike uh glacian power stone engineer it's five colorless and a blue for a legendary creature human artificer it says tap it tap x untapped artifacts you control look at the top x cards of your library put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard and then casket as we've talked about uh, you can tap it, sack three artifacts, and look at the top three cards, put one in your hand, the others in your graveyard. Um, but so what I decided I wanted to do was I knew Mike loved artifacts and like shenanigans with artifacts. So I was like, let's build a fucking shenanigan artifacts matter deck mm-hmm. with a combo line in it. Because I was like, hell yeah. And really, the only way to win was the combo line. <laughs> like, it was like, search your deck, find the combo, win the game. Like, that's, that's how this, this works. And so when I built it, I put time sieve in there, mm-hmm. which says it's Demir. So just one blue, one black uh, artifact, sacrifice five artifacts, take an extra turn after this one. And so 
the deck is literally nothing but artifacts. There's a lot of things to like untap stuff and like kind of duplicate this effect. But also there's like the basic one of Thopter Assembly in there. So Thopter Assembly says uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no Thopters other than Thopter Assembly, return it to your hand, create five one one Thopter uh, creature tokens. And so with that alone, you can just wombo combo and take infinite turns. Yeah, it's a classic. That is the whole gist of this deck. And, and the idea was that it, it would be a lot of that like kind of egg strategy where you play a bunch of artifacts, you draw cards for them, and then they're just kind of there to sack to keep looking for other things. And the yep. hope was that Glacian would come out and then be able to like search through the top like seven or eight, maybe even 10 cards of your deck to go find the pieces. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure when I gave Mike the deck, I was like, there is a combo in in here good luck <laughs> i don't think i told him what it was but i was like it's like obvious like when you get it like it'll be fine uh and so marionette master is also in this deck so i guess that was the also other way to win yeah, yeah also an mvp that was yeah. the other way to win uh in this deck for sure like get that out and just like fucking that start sack dumping damage. shit yeah yeah this was amazing because I had been like looking to craft up something to I'd considered giving literally this partner commander to Nick for the secret <laughs> Santa. And then I had decided not to because I wanted to make it for myself. Uh, <laughs> but then you had so, ordered cards, didn't you? Hadn't you no, ordered cards for it? But I had, I had found some cards um, in my collection and started pulling cards out that I was really excited for. So I had pulled out time seed after assembly, like being like, Oh, I can't wait to build these into a deck. So nice. yeah, this, this one is another one where I've made some like incremental changes or a lot of my deck build tweaking is like finding a card being like, Ooh, this would be really good in X and then going and like swapping single individual cards out. But this deck is great. I just recently played it uh, over the holidays in like some one V one for a little bit. I definitely plan on busting it out more because it's pretty fun and it's gotten a few upgrades since then. But yeah, the, the core value line of like getting a bunch of artifacts out, tapping them with Glacian to dig for like the top 10 and get the best card. And then, sacrificing them right after that with Keskit, you're kind of double dipping on getting to use these artifacts both as like a tap for the glacian activation mm -hmm. and a sacrifice for the Keskit activation uh is really good one of the things i did have to cut from the deck was a few of the like bonus thopter generators because mm. you could accidentally get in this spot where you're like you have too many thopters <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> your thopter assembly isn't bouncing to hand and you <laughs> you can't do the time sieve loop so i've cut a yeah. couple of those things but it can also just time sieve loop without necessarily needing the assembly because you can just as long as you can get enough value off of your casket and your glacian you can just kind of raw get five artifacts a turn yeah, uh, yeah. sometimes to just sacrifice did you leave in sharding sphinx um i think i may have cut that as well what? <laughs> but i probably left it in just because it's solid <laughs> uh, i did cut there are a lot of like is it solid though is it solid? i don't even yeah. know what it does i just like calling it sharding space no, it's liquid. <laughs> i got i got your joke nick thank you <laughs> uh, i see uh, it's it. a poop joke it's a got soft it. poop I joke got you. I, got I, got you. Got I understand <laughs> Oh, wait, I would, I just realized I forgot something. I would be remiss to not mention it. So this year is also a year where a uh, sleeve game got upped. Yeah. <laughs> and so... True. <laughs> yes. We yes. forgot about I that. I forgot about yeah. this. So, well, hang on. So some backstory really quick. One of the expectations is that not only do you give the deck, but you give accessories with the deck. So like yeah. in the first year for Mike's braid deck, 
braids deck i gave him a deck box and some blue dice because he didn't have any as well as the sleeves obviously for the yep. deck itself so i mean it was like on point it was great like i yeah. feel like all of us have had these little things that we do that like yeah. start affecting what everyone else does like giving it's specific lands yeah. <laughs> then like oh like the theme of blue counters blue box full full nine everything you need <laughs> and then so sam <laughs> we've also had this joke i think we've all seen it on the internet or gosh maybe you are one of these people um <laughs> You're going to anger your miners who have like cringy, like big titted anime ladies on their playmat or their sleeves or something like that. And when we first started proxying cards, we were looking at this proxy website and it had some like buck wild shit on it where we were like, who is ordering these like all nude Overwatch character fetch lands as altars? Like who has made these? What criminal out there is doing this? So it just became this joke with us that we would, this like running gag that we'd be like, oh yeah, I'll buy you that, but like it's going to be these, you know? So finally, this was the year where I was like, I'm going to find some like funny like anime titty cringy sleeves <laughs> and give them to Tony that is uh, with his deck. So I did. And to be fair, like they aren't as wild and out as you could possibly go. I just I would say they're as kosher as they can. Yeah. Be. You, could, <laughs> you could legally play them against minors and not. They, they would like raise an trouble. eyebrow, but wouldn't, wouldn't raise a voice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it was something where like, I probably could have found something cringier and goofier but i just didn't want to i feel like it was like the perfect mix though it was like it was. right where it should be yeah it's like weird people enough still where... turn an eye they're like yeah. what <laughs> it's weird like... enough where you wouldn't de-sleeve them and that was the goal i didn't <laughs> yeah. want tony to unsleeve them and, and be like i can't play these ever so he still has it sleeved up that way and it kind of started this tradition of like finding funny sleeves yeah and, and those might still be one of the best ones we've had <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, on to the next year. <laughs> so year three was this most recent year. And we, I think we struggled a little bit outlining the rules for this one. Um, you know, again, like that partners year was kind of one of the cooler years. Um, and I think we were like, do we want to do partners again? And kind of thinking about that. And I think we may actually go back to that in a future year. Cause it was so fun. Yeah. The partners year kind of culminated with commander legends coming out yeah. so it was like oh there's there's this recent thing that happened that's fun to build around commander legends 2 wasn't nearly as good as commander legends 1 backgrounds yeah. are not as interesting as uh, as partners were so it didn't like spark the joy in the same way yeah i mean um, i thought they were pretty interesting interesting enough to build <laughs> a deck around <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, think, well, I think there are some cool ones but but we didn't really agree for that to be the theme this no, year. I feel like no, also didn't. though it would have been so obvious. Like there weren't that many cool backgrounds. Like we would have probably all picked very similar ones, maybe know. with different like partners. But I think there's diversity. We definitely didn't explore it a, a ton. But look, the internet agrees. Commander Legends Two sucked. <laughs> well, there's no need to debate this. It's already everybody knows Commander Legends Two sucked. Well, I think the other big thing was that we started talking about. We started joking around about making monocolored decks. Yeah. And that was the idea that quickly took over, uh, more so than like doing background combinations and going for that again. So originally we were like, Mike and I were pushing for all of us to do mono white decks. <laughs> original, the original, original. Well, that was that was true. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was a while ago. We also talked about doing everybody builds a god, like one of the oh yeah, one of the Pharaoh's gods, mm -hmm. gods yeah. as a as another build around. 
Um, yes, yeah, so we looked at that and then and then I was like, I have a deck in mind that I want to build. So how can I gear them all towards this? <laughs> I was like, hey guys, let's all do monocolored, like big butt commander. So like five CMC and higher. Yep. Like because people wanted a restriction. We wanted something more than just color. Yeah. yeah I think Nick and I personally actually leaned in the direction of just like monocolors enough, but like yeah. Sam yeah, I and wanted, wanted more. I was restrictions. like, give me yeah. more restrictions. <laughs> so the, the other thing to point out for this year was that by process of elimination, everybody knew who everybody's secret Santa was. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it wasn't mixed up at all. Correct. I made a deck for Mike and Mike did it, made a deck for me and, and Tony same and for me made and Tony. decks for each other. So yeah. Yeah. like the mystery wasn't really there, whereas it truly was secret in the prior years. Yeah. 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 The mystery as to what the deck was, was still there, which was fun, but you yeah. knew exactly who was, building you knew who was making for you. Yeah. So which matters in this play and, curve. And we also, we, <laughs> We went for there's a little debate on this but we did go for a 100 budget um and i think some people ended at like 75 and some ended at like i think i went to like 50 250 <laughs> no okay mine was like 150 <laughs> yeah i was just looking i i think i had been making a big deal about it actually hitting budget and i'm also wrong i was yeah. also at 125 so oh really <laughs> yeah you made oh that's funny <laughs> so yeah so we all kind of went like a little overboard i mean we talked about already where we would shoot for 50 and be like hey yeah but i want this card to be in there and you'd end up at like 60 or something so that just got like expanded on this year you're forgetting the other very important deck building restriction. What was it? No EDA track. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't use EDH rec to build the deck. And that was Which, fun. Oh man. That yeah. was, that was fun, but it was difficult. That's <laughs> yeah. like quickly, you know, for you, the listener pause right now, think of 10 ways to build a deck without using EDA track. Ready yeah. go. <laughs> did you think of anything? Cause I bet you didn't. <laughs> I remember partially throwing that into our deck building restriction discussion because Nick had made a joke about the braids deck he built just being <laughs> EDH rec most like average deck top yeah. hundred cards. <laughs> <print>. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, what if we didn't do that? <laughs> uh, Hi, my name is Nick. I'm a net decker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my deck building process starts by figuring out what the average deck is from EDH rec and then maybe not changing it. <laughs> Just going from there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a quick aside. It's funny because Nick is either like fully net decking. Like I'd say Nick is like 80% just EDH rec net decking. And then every once in a while, he just busts out like the spiciest build you've never seen anyone play. This delightfully like, curated masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, like Team Red is the one that sticks out to me, which is your Tor brand Red Planeswalker deck. That's like something I've never seen anyone play. And I mean, rightfully so. It lost almost every game. But, <laughs> <laughs> but man, but it, it was, was cool. cool. It was so cool. <laughs> when i want to win i can't build my own deck that's yeah. the problem <laughs> well let's get into it guys who wants to start i think with with this one this year being how it was we'll just do like the pairs talk about the decks and then we'll do the the second pair totally sure. which pair first all right i'll go first i was gonna say i'm sure sam is like <laughs> I feel like your decks, the, the your pair of decks was a little more interesting than than Tony and I's pair. No offense, Tony, but <laughs> All I right, feel like you guys a little bit more to talk about. <laughs> I feel like my deck was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, let, let's be honest. We got outclassed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we got outclassed. It's okay. <laughs> so um, so Mike and I 
again, we all knew who we were getting. So Mike and I talked and we were like, let's go with the mono white deck idea that we wanted to do. Originally. I thought that was, did we explicitly say that? I feel like we, we both just decided <laughs> that that was still what we were so doing. We, we explicitly, yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you and I like agreed to it. So, um, I will admit that I cheated a little bit and uh, I'll mention this in a moment. <laughs> so the commander that I built was, let me fucking find it. Raksha. The commander that I built was Raksha Golden Cub. Uh, this is a commander that costs five and two white. It's a legendary creature cat soldier. It has vigilance and it says, as long as Raksha Golden Cub is equipped, cat creatures you control get plus two, plus two and have double strike. And it's a three, four. So it's a seven cost commander, but it is like an absolute bomb in a cat theme deck. Mm -hmm. Plus two, plus two and double strike is like insane. And just for the cost of having one equipment on there, it's interesting to note that there's like, I think there was less than 10. I'd have to double check, but I think there might be less than 10 of these decks on EDH rec or even fewer. So EDH rec truly wasn't even helpful if I could have used it for this commander, because there's Is this just... even the deck you actually built? You had to look up the commander. To yeah, well, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Because he cheated. Um, so... so we had the restriction of five mana, as minimum of five mana CMC for the, the cost of the deck. Yeah. And I had another deck that I was going to build in mind that I didn't get to build because I was told, oh no, that's too cheap, Nick. You got to find something more expensive. <laughs> so... I started with Raksha and basically the deck is your typical cat theme equipment deck with some spice thrown in there specifically because I know what types of cards Mike likes to play. So it's got, you know, a bunch of value cats, a bunch of cats that can like double as removal, things like Felidar Cub where you can sack it to destroy target enchantment or um, Lion Sash from Neo Kamigawa, which can like remove things from graveyards. Also had a couple non-cats it had two non-cats sram and uh, stonehaven outfitter and of course i drew cat ears on sram <laughs> um and then a couple of kind of random things in there but it did have all of the other legendary equipment cats of which there are many so um balin wandering knight is in there i love that card jazal Goldmane is in there for like going wide and pumping your creatures Jareth, Layan, and Titan is in there, which is like an insane blocker. Gets plus seven, plus seven when it blocks. And Kemba Ka Regent is also in there, which also gives you card. white creature tokens uh, for each equipment attached to Kemba. So um, there is another one in there, which is Brimaz, King of Arescos, which I should read it because this is kind of the hidden commander of the Because this is the real commander. Which yeah, because you cheated. <laughs> Just what Nick is pointing out. Uh, so, so Brimaz, King of Arescos, is one mana and two white mana. So it's a three CMC commander. It's a legendary creature cat soldier. It is Vigilance, and it's a three four. And it says whenever Brimaz attacks, you put a one one white cat soldier creature token with Vigilance onto the battlefield attacking. And whenever Brimaz blocks you put a 1-1 one, one white cat soldier token with vigilance on the battlefield blocking that creature. And let me just point out a couple of other cool cards that I had in here. Um, Harsh Mercy. I know Mike loves interesting board wipes. Harsh Mercy is this board wipe I found. It's three CMC sorcery. Each player chooses a creature type and you destroy all creatures that aren't of a type chosen this way. So it's not like a huge wipe, but it's a big enough wipe where if someone isn't leaning hard into a specific creature type, 
then you have the potential to like blow up a decent portion of the board for only three mana. And um, of course, I made sure all the planes had a white border and there's some super spicy equipment in there as well. Again, I did spring for some expensive stuff. So like Skull Clamp is in there. Uh, Bloodforge Battle Axe is pretty cheap these days. And I did get a sort of Hearth and Home and a sort of City and Steel. Do, do you want to just read the whole deck list, Sam? Like, <laughs> I see- do. I do. <laughs> Clearly. So um, anyways, as I was goldfishing the deck with Raksha, I realized it was pretty slow. You know, it wasn't that great. And I did find that secret layer for Brimaz that is like totally beautiful. And I was like, let me just put Brimaz in the command zone and goldfish it a little bit. And I was like, man, this deck is singing. It's like going off right now. So the gift was with Raksha at the helm, but much like a commander pre-con these days, there were alternate commanders in the deck that you could use. <laughs> well, let's be clear. When he showed the deck to Mike at the reveal, he was like, oh, here's this cool Brimaz deck. Oh, by the way, Raksha is just here. Like, forget about it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, to Tony and I just started like groaning. Like, wait a minute, what the hell? Like, that we had to have this deck restriction. <laughs> and I did, for the record, I did you play did. it with Raksha the first one time. Game. Yep. He played <laughs> one game with Raksha as the commander. That way, ta- Sam didn't get in too much trouble. <laughs> I-, I should also add that I did get custom sleeves for this, which was kind of the idea. Um, we all know that Mike is a cat dad and has two lovely cats, Bo and Tux. So I reached, I reached out to Mike's girlfriend and she sent me this picture of Mike holding his two cats. And I got like custom sleeves made from Dragon Shield. So it's a very cat themed deck. And then I drew a bunch of custom tokens that were all like pictures of Mike's cats as a cat soldier or something like that. So it's very on theme, super cat friendly you know it's all about being a, a cat guy much like yeah. myself the the sleeves and the tokens are incredible i think i think it's both the real have made some appearances on uh our instagram and stuff too so yep. you know you <laughs> could hunt those down but they're they're both awesome i ended up making tokens for sam as well my artistic yeah, skills them. are not quite the same so they're a little different but uh there is something <laughs> really nice this year with like giving a complete set of the play pieces that you need to play mm-hmm. the deck. So like having those tokens uh, right, ready to go was great. Yeah. Nick and I did the same for each other. So yeah, I, totally. I definitely... <laughs> <laughs> so what do yeah, you think I've, about that deck, Mike? I've been, I've been loving playing Bermaz. Uh, I've played it a bit more. I'm still, I'm, I'm actually one of the things I'm doing today later is going through my equipment and slotting a couple more in because i've got a couple spicy ones lying around yeah and uh it's overall awesome it's cool to have something so themed on a creature type i don't have really good creature type theming on any of my decks yet and that's honestly something that i've liked like since the original like interest in the game has always been building around creature types so that's been really rewarding and it's really good. And I don't have a equipment Voltron deck in the same way yet. So it just combines so many things that like I enjoy while playing that I didn't have that just look fun and cool and are pleasing in that way as well. Overall 10 out of 10 will play repeatedly. I was the most stoked to give this deck, as you can see how hyped I am just talking about it. <laughs> like this is the de- one of the decks that I was the most stoked to give. Togo Itch Tekic for Tony was one of the ones that I was the most stoked to build and play because I loved playtesting it. But this Brumaz deck, I was it was just the full gift package. It was like the culmination of us doing all these funny things over the years and kind of being able to put it into one deck. I was going to say the one of the cool things about equipment decks in general is that 
they don't tend to care about which equipment you play. Yeah. So it's this awesome space of like, oh, I just have this cool thing that I want to run and try out. And you can just kind of, you know, choose your pet favorite cards and, and slot them in. So that's always yeah. nice to have. Cause like, there's a lot of cool equipment and not even just, you know, the swords, uh, everybody kind of goes to the swords as default. The swords are very good for sure, but there's a lot of just like obscure ones. Uh, like at one point when I was building Tony's deck, I almost put in hot soup, which yeah. is a fun one. <laughs> Love hot soup. Hot soup, hot soup was in uh Virtus, uh, Virtus and Gorm. Oh nice. yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that about it too. Cause because every most sets have a good equipment, a playable one at least. Like, yeah, playable, a playable one, one in every one. And just to be able to like slot those in and test them out, or have a home for cool equipments. Um, and you mentioned the swords, and you know they are like kind of generically good, but it's fun to collect the swords too. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people want. I certainly have wanted to do that. I think I almost have all of them now. And yeah. to have an equipment deck to just dump in those cool collectible pieces is like pretty sweet. Yeah. Do you have the borderless version of all of them? I have a couple borderless. Building Cauldra is the other fun side game too. Get yeah. all like, the sword of Cauldra, Helm of Cauldra, Shield of Cauldra. Yeah. I wanted to. There's a Cauldra completed, I think. Yeah, Cauldra uh, complete. But it's not a fucking legendary creature. And I was so sad because I wanted to build that as like I could do something else and have it be like a secret like thing, and that's really what it does. But I want a colorless commander that would be cool printed like a couple recently but culture complete is so good like side, side note i played a game yesterday and got that out and it was like absolute gas i think i put one in that deck for mike that was one of the ones where the deck came <laughs> and i just like grabbed some extra cards that i had on a shelf and was like i'll throw these in there yeah oh should we go on to uh what i built for you sam yeah let's do it yeah, so I also sort of cheated on the commander requirement, but I think I did it in a, a more allowable way. So I chose... You did it in a way that none of us even noticed until you pointed it out. And we were like, <laughs> I didn't do it either. And we were like, oh yeah, I guess you didn't. <laughs> so uh, I did go with a background. I went with Abdel Adrian Gorian's Ward and the background of Far Traveler. So Abdel is 5 CMC. The uh, The second commander is only 3, so... There you go. Uh, but overall, I think it fits. And the text on Abdel is when it's a human warrior, uh, four and a white for a four, four. Uh, when it enters exile, any number of other non-land permanents you control until he leaves the battlefield. Create a one, one white soldier creature token for each permanent exiled this way. Then far traveler is commander creatures you can own have at the beginning of your end step exile up to one target tapped creature you control, then return that to the battlefield under its owner's control. So essentially the, uh, the overall deck game plan is your flickering Abdel on end steps uh, using your far traveler background. You have the deck is just packed with good ETB permanents. So creatures, artifacts, uh, there's some sagas in there since you can recur the first chapter of sagas. So that's super useful. And then there's a dash of soldier tribal like catapult master, which says tap five untapped soldiers, you control an exile target creature. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, a bunch of those you're trying to get really wide and then win with things like uh, halo fountain or just big chunks of damage. 
And this was super fun to build because I got to lean into like the things that I know that Sam likes. So like <laughs> disgusting value engines, um, <laughs> crunchy rules interactions. So this, this sort of abuses the fact that when Abdel flickers out and in all of the triggers, including the Abdel trigger all go on the stack at the same time. So you get to choose and order those. So we you literally can... had like a 20 minute aside <laughs> yeah. for a rules conversation of yeah, how it turned... fucking worked. <laughs> we did. Not even far into the game. It was turned like three or four and also yeah. like wait we gotta like look up rules yeah the whole restriction of not using eda direct was mike's idea and it was purely to like you know walk circles around the rest of us right it was scryfall a yeah. ability yeah yeah <laughs> mike, mike is a scryfall wizard yeah I definitely spent a lot of time on Scryfall. This was also one where I goldfished it just a disgusting amount. <laughs> um, I learned how to like use like set up Moxfield with a streaming software so that I could play on spell table with Moxfield to test this against other people. Like before I ordered <laughs> cards, I accidentally ordered two copies of this because I was worried one wouldn't show up in time. Like <laughs> yeah. there's like all this stuff. Uh, I put a disgusting amount of time into it. Uh, the one thing I couldn't do was get white bordered lands because I chose to do snow covered lands. So I, I failed in that regard, but. Uh, oh yeah. It I does know. have the snow lands. Oh yeah. yeah. It has that, snow lands. Fine. Because you have a couple snow cards in there that it, it's like necessary. I think it's, I think exactly it's just Arkham's Astrolabe. Arkham's Astrolabe. <laughs> but the one mana draw artifact that you can flicker around with Abdel is just worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What did, what did uh, what'd you think about playing oh, it? Oh, man. This is one of those decks where like the moment I started playing it, like a huge smile broke across my face. <laughs> And, and I a was huge frown these... run across the rest of our faces. <laughs> I was taking these like five minute turns, five to 10 minute turns where I was just like, oh my God, like the sequencing and the value, like Mike said it perfectly. It scratches this part in my brain that wants like a really crunchy rules interaction. And it was just, it was just constantly scratching. Like it was crazy. So fun to play. I won a game with Halo Fountain, which is hilarious. And then in you our second game, two games. I almost <laughs> yeah. won again yeah. with Halo Fountain because you just make so many soldier tokens. And like the ability of being like, okay, I move these and this goes up and this goes down. You're manipulating all these little things. It's like a ton, a ton of fun. Did you win both or just the one? Uh, I just won the one, but okay. but that was great. I, like, I won the you, first game I played. You almost, you threatened to win on the second one. Yeah, I threatened to win with the Halo Fountain. Uh, you were threatening then, to win constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think there was Mike a, won yeah. the second game. There was a Mace of the Valiant, which like oh, grows right. every time oh, a creature enters the battlefield. Well, I think it had so like, gross. <laughs> it had like 30 counters on it right away. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Did you one shot me at one point? I thought you did. Maybe I misremembered. Almost. No, I, I almost, think almost did. did. I almost did. And, and it was something, well, we'll get to it, but it was it was a funny card to have out because there yeah. was a moment where I was going to attack the commander Nick was playing and I would have had to draw like 30 cards and I was like this is actually bad for me now <laughs> like I don't want to be drawing that much um so it was just super fun I love the deck I, I gotta play it more get some more reps in yeah one of the things I'm routinely trash at is the accessories part so my ordered accessories didn't show up in time and in fact still haven't and now I think I may have <laughs> messed up ordering them so Sam literally has sleeves that have been like on he, he got the <laughs> sleeves off my back <laughs> like literally <laughs> sleeves that other decks were in <laughs> the one thing that Mike did give me though that 
is a first for us this year is Mike wrote a primer on how to play the deck <laughs> in Moxfield. And it's like funny. He like put little <laughs> jokes in it and stuff. Like it was, it was, it was definitely something that he like had got a ton of experience playing the deck and then wrote up a primer with how to pilot it. And it was pretty great because it oh, was needed. Yeah, <laughs> right. He was reading the primer while playing. it. Yeah. Too. <laughs> also on that note, the one other thing I decided the existing deck building restrictions were insu- insufficient. Um, so I didn't have any instants or sorceries in the deck. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it true to that. It's only creatures and enchantments, um, all, all permanent and some artifacts. artifacts and lands too, but yeah. Yeah. Super fun. So given that Sam and Mike had each other, Tony and I had each other as well. Uh, I, to go back to the deck restriction, I wanted to build originally. So first off, Tony does not like blue. So I knew I had to build the mono blue deck. The only <laughs> option. Uh, and also Tony does not like removal. Uh, so I made sure that he didn't get any. You know. <laughs> so the original deck I wanted to build, which I couldn't because of the, the mana cost restriction, was uh, Tatsuka Umezawa uh, Fugitive. Uh, which really quick uh, is a one, three human rogue legendary creature creatures you control with toughness one or less can't be blocked. Uh, So there's a lot of fun synergies with small creatures that you pump up that get value for hitting stuff like that. So I couldn't build that deck because the the deck restriction that uh, Sam broke. Uh, (laughs) You could have put him in the 99. I did. He is, it is in, in the, the 99. 99. It is 100% in the 99 because the deck that I pivoted to uh, was Octavia, the Living Thesis. Actually, there's no the. It dropped the the because it's cooler that way. Uh, Octavia, <laughs> Living Thesis is eight mana and two blue. So 10 mana total, which doubled. I, I paid for Sam's uh, not doing the restriction. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it casts for two, so... Yeah, cheating. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't in my deck apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Octavia the Living Thesis is a uh, elemental octopus. It has this cool clause that says this spell costs eight mana less to cast if you have eight or more instants and or sorcery cards in your graveyard. So the idea being that it should only cost two, should being the operative word. Uh, it has ward eight, which means it's a pain in the ass to get it off the board. Once it's on the board. And finally it has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell target creature has base power and toughness eight, eight until end of turn. Uh, so the, the theme of this deck was basically play a bunch of instant speed effects to make your small creatures bigger. Uh, and it has ways like with. Tetsuko, uh, where you can swing with low-powered creatures, then use Octavia's ability to buff them during combat to make them bigger. So after they've already attacked, now you make them big. After blockers have been declared, whatever, you can you know choose your targets and make things bigger as appropriate. So some some fun cards in here. Uh, it has Blighted Agent. I was going <laughs> to say Infect. Yeah, uh, a little bit of Infect for you. Infect is very fun because you get the... There's only like two of them and like you know, Tony could feel free to cut them if he wants, but uh, you make your infectors eight eights and then it only takes a little bit to to kill somebody, which is fun. Uh, when I was, I play tested the deck one time because I'm not a crazy person and I don't sit there goldfishing <laughs> for 40 hours a week. Um, and I came very close to killing Mike with a, with a viral Drake, which was very fun. Uh, I cut out all of the counter spells because I know Tony does not like counter spells and I didn't want to give him any. Uh, hey. But there's a lot of like, <laughs> 
you know, kind of cantrip effects uh, to basically fill up your graveyard. Uh, there's some self mill stuff in there as well. Uh, again, because you want your graveyard to have the 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 threshold value so you can cast Octavia for cheap. Um, shark Typhoon is a fun one. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature with with flying, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a fun one. There's it's a bunch a of cycling card. stuff in here as well. Yeah, that was the that was the deck. Oh, the the other special sauce was the land base for the deck. Oh yeah. Uh, so given with the theme of giving kind of meme cards of of white bordered lands, I one up Sam and I gave Tony gold bordered basic lands. Uh, I, I gave him <laughs> fake cards as part of our deck. So the the OG championship decks, uh, the gold border ones where you see like Grim Monolith and Guy's Cradle and stuff like that, they actually came with lands, uh, with basic lands. Um, so some of the most expensive cards of the deck were actually the the $1 to $2 <laughs> basic lands that are gold bordered. And I try to get unique arts for each of the ones. You wouldn't proxy a basic land. <laughs> uh, and then when I ran out of gold bordered ones, I filled the rest, of course, with with white bordered lands. <laughs> they're pretty spicy. They're yeah, pretty. I love that. They're pretty beautiful. I won't lie. That's definitely going to be a new tradition. Got to get like at least a couple gold bordered lands in there. <laughs> uh, and and. Tony, I don't know. Could you read the the sleeve? Uh, well, I, yeah, I was gonna say. So uh, before I get to the sleeves, the uh, there's two other cards that Nick didn't mention that are cards that I thought were interesting that I got to play or have in my hand at least uh, while I was playing. And it's like I don't know, basically, because I don't really play that much blue, but they're just like cool effects. Like one was was wrong turn, which is target opponent gains control of target uh, creature. So it's just like that's such a powerful effect just like someone's swinging you to kill you somebody's doing all these different things and you're just like boom up oh, just kidding and it's three mana it's like fucking nothing to do this and so that was like spicy and then also theoretical duplication so whenever a non-token creature enters a battlefield under an opponent's control this turn create a token that is a copy of that creature so sam was like blinking his fucking it's nuts off speed too that's an instant <laughs> yeah and then i was like i want to do that too so i like got a copy of his commander uh and fucked myself and this yeah, well, is now's the, the time to read the sleeve now's the time to read yeah, the sleeve. exactly <laughs> so i was like oh i could do this this will be fine and then i instantly fucked a bunch of shit up but so like the sleeves that nick got me say untap and upkeep and draw and misplay and scoop and cry <laughs> <laughs> And so I definitely have like four misplays in the games, but in particular, when I got like Sam's commander, I was like, what the fuck is happening? And so it literally turned out that like, I could have killed someone with an infected hey. blighted agent, no, Sam, yeah, who was the problem and just like fucked it up. <laughs> but yep. it's fine. I also didn't read Octavia correctly when I, uh, this is part of my misplay in that moment that I can't remember if I told you guys or not, but I thought that she would make all my creatures base power and toughness 8-8 and like i didn't realize that it was like you pick one <laughs> but i was like oh that's not how that reads anyway so like i couldn't have done the thing anyways uh and tony had a chance like i was i was at one or two infect or something and tony had a chance to like pump up his own viral drake and take me out but because he had copied my abdil his viral drake wasn't on the board and he like had a chance to keep it out and chose not to. And then when he got to his turn, he was like, well, I can pump something up to eight, but none of my creatures can attack because they all just came into play. 
So I'll just pass the turn. And yeah, like, it was also like, one of these mind-numbing things where like Sam's like over there, like for lack of a better term, circle jerking himself, like doing a bunch of stuff. And Playing I'm like, all optimally. I need is the commander, right? So like I was like, if I just get that, I can blink and like get some stuff. And they're like, oh, that's not how that works. It's because he has all this other shit on the board. And I was like, oh, fuck me. I guess yeah. I won't really get anything for this. Yeah, I was I reading cards and playing it. optimally. And Tony was just like, no, he was know. literally circle jerking himself over there. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'll let's move on to the deck that I built for Nick. So for Nick, I built him uh, Grathama Mama was the name of the deck that that's, I wrote oh, down. I was like, that's not the name of the commander. It's definitely uh, the name of the commander. So it's grithama all devouring it's five cmc as it's supposed to be and it's a legendary worm grithama says other creatures have whenever this creature attacks you may have it fight grithama all devouring uh and when grithama leaves the battlefield each player draws cards equal to the amount of damage dealt to grithama this turn by sources they control uh so my hope, and it did it a little bit, was that uh, when you play Grithama and do your stuff, you're really controlling when she leaves. Like, obviously, your opponents are going to try and, like, have her fight it if it's a good scenario for them. So, like, I have a lot of, like, one mana instance of, you know, give give her Hexproof, give her Indestructible. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a ton of crazy draw shit. So... The point being, like, like a life's legacy in this deck says sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power. Even though Grithama costs five to play, like, drawing ten is a super powerful effect. So if you have her out, and, and there's, like, some death touch creatures and other things uh, where you can deal damage to uh, those creatures and, like, either kill her or, like, there's squirrel's nest or something is in there. I think it's called or some squirrel thing where like when it's still damaged, you get that many squirrels, one, one squirrels. Hornet's nest. Uh, you're thinking of hornet's nest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like there's a ton of trample synergy in it as well. So it's yeah, just like it fucking kill people <laughs> like swing with big ass butts and just fucking kill people and hopefully draw a butt ton of cards. Uh, and so I think the thing that I didn't expect was for Sam to have like 15 one ones and he could just swing out at Nick with. Or a 30, 30, or plus 30, plus 30 mace. Yeah. yeah. That was the oh moment where I was like, I was like, I should probably stop attacking Nick because drawing 30 cards. Like I had one turn where I drew like, I don't know, 11 cards or something, which is great. Yeah. And then I had another turn where I was about to potentially draw 30 cards. And I was like, I don't know if this is still good (laughs) i don't really want to drop most of my deck with this deck but uh so that 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 was that's the basic premise of the deck and there's like some searchy stuff in there some like weird stuff i found like monster manual i didn't even know what that was but it's like it's got some it's an adventure card but the more interesting thing is it's uh pay one in a green tap put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Like that's just fucking broken. Like what the fuck is that? Repeatable <laughs> on an artifact, just like there out in the out for funsies. Yeah. Fuck green. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> Yeah. And then the other thing was a scythe of the wretched, uh, which was whatever a creature is dealt damage by equipped creature. This turn uh, is put into a graveyard, return that card to play under your control, attach scythe of the wretched to that creature. It, it's just like a lot of deterrence, right? And other things. So shenanigans, tramples, hit people in the face. That's the deck. <laughs> so I really like this deck, but it is difficult to pilot. It was way more difficult to pilot than I was expecting it to be because you expect it to be just like 
a mono green Timmy deck. Like I'm sure with most people, right? When you're playing commander, your instinct is to get your commander out as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that with Grathama. If anything, like leaving Grathama in the command zone until you're ready to to hit it. Cause it basically just becomes a pinata that's just sitting there waiting for somebody <laughs> to, to beat it. Uh, and if you're not the one to be able to take advantage of it immediately, it's not worth casting. And so like rewiring my gameplay to kind of think about that has been a little bit difficult, but the deck itself is very cool. I will say Tony and I have similar deck building practices, I think, where we both <laughs> yeah. just kind of gave each other a whole extra stack of cards that didn't make the cut because <laughs> we both like overbought, you know, like I think my original deck list for Tony was probably like 120 or something like that in terms of number of cards. Yeah. And so I just added the stack of 20 cards that I gave him as well. It's like, you, you might want to run these two. Like, here's all the counter spells I took out, stuff like that. I, I lowered the amount. I was probably at like 150. Like, yeah. oh I had like God. a shitload of cards sitting on the side that I was like, these would all be great because it, it turns into this really interesting balance of like how much ramp do you want in that deck versus how much draw protection shit you want in that deck. So it was like, I wound up leaving a bunch of the ramp off to the side, but there's yeah. still a fuckload of ramp in it too. Well, I was going to say one of the, one of the favorite cards that I've played a couple of times now uh, was traverse the outlands, yeah. uh, which is four and a green for sorcery uh, search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is the greatest power among creatures you control, put those out of the battlefield tap oh, and shuffle. Yeah. Uh, so with Grathama being essentially a 10, 10 for five, you can very immediately cast traverse the outlands and get, 10 lands out of your deck yeah that was, insane. that was pretty cool i like that that felt very good that's the point of that deck to like find the immediate value yourself rather than let other people do it and you do have to be careful about yeah when you play <laughs> yeah it feels like a deck where you don't want to tap out to play grathama because right. you really want to have like a couple mana up to potentially like one of the things you were doing nick was instant speed fighting a creature that was gonna mm-hmm. attack and kill Grathama. You're like, sweet, well, I'm just gonna fight it right now and take it out before it hits me and, like, get my creature indestructible or something so you don't even get the card draw. So having some of that, like, instant speed mana up was really important. And if you ever tapped out for Grathama and passed, now it's just, like, flapping in the wind. And like you said, a pinata. Anyone can just come in and, like, beat on Grathama to get the card value. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, uh, I had been looking for a mono green deck to build. So it's definitely something I'm going to like probably tweak and figure out what to, what to change, what to optimize. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Cause I think it, it is an interesting build around mono green. I think in general, like, like Simic, like, you know, that's it, too easy to make value engine decks. And I think Rathama has a, a interesting different angle. Yeah, It's like a different play. take. It's like, don't yeah. just snowball into something like, which is what I love right. for sure. Yeah. So that's christmas (laughs) and that's it (laughs) three hours later yeah so i i don't know what we'll do next year because this is kind of the end of our you know little foursome here i guess Um, it's the end of our friendship too yeah well i keep joking that we'll just all make decks for ourselves next year <laughs> yeah, we're gonna Sam, you it. just give me a hundred dollars and I'll make the deck that I want. That's just, just blind order a deck for ourselves, so we're surprised. <laughs> we'll have to see what comes out this year to see if there's anything that incites a, an interesting build around. In the same way that, like, I feel like the the best, you know, to your point, the best year we had was the the Commander Legends Partners. Yeah, which all honestly, like 
there's enough design space there still open that we could just revisit that totally. <laughs> if we wanted to. We, we could definitely eh. go back to that. And, eh. and honestly, like the... I don't know that there is. The backgrounds that I've seen are interesting. I, yeah, the I more do that think I see we'd those, like them. I think that there could be some spice there. I actually saw one in a game yesterday that was like fucking crazy. There's a ton of options there. Much more I, than I we've do think credit. The, uh, the building restriction was a big thing. Like that, that yeah. just made it way more interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Like that first year in hindsight, um, I think we all had ideas that we were going in with. So it made it easier, but there was definitely, you know, like trying to build specifically into like blind spots that we know the other people have in their collection. But by the time the second year came around, like we definitely needed more um, inspiration. And even this year I needed more because even if it's just monocolored white, I know more. that Mike has monocolor white creatures that he has already been trying to build. And I'm like, well, am I really going to like build the mm -hmm. thing that I know he's already brewing for himself yeah. at a later point? So it was kind of like trying to find something a little bit more unique. And for me, restrictions breed creativity. Um, and if I have too many options, then I tend to just kind of struggle and like never make a decision. Here's, totally. here's an idea. We all have to build the same commander. Uh, that would be kind of spicy. Uh, honestly, that would be, I feel pretty like you sick. have to find the right one, but because yeah. I feel like there's some that like really lend themselves to being very different, like in how you approach it and build it. And I think that, like, that's what I was about to, to say. Build a color. Everybody builds, builds, uh, King Kenny. Huh. Or oh we could God. all build, uh, we could all build five color Morophon. That was the other thing I thought. Which, and then we all pick a different creature theme. Like that could really be interesting. Nice. Yeah, I want to build an elder theme because elder is a creature oh, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dragon, giant. And there's uh, a there's bunch of there. other ones. There's dinosaurs. Yeah, elder yeah dinosaurs. there's plenty of elders. That would be really funny. You should have some kind of like old man at the helm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Well, yeah, I think that's our episode, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We hope that, you know, this gives you some insight into our secret Santa tradition that we've been talking about forever. If you don't celebrate Christmas, you can just still do like a deck exchange in your group. It's a ton of fun. And you don't have to do it seasonally either. Like do it whenever the fuck you want. This is just a fun exercise to like break up some of the monotony in your group and something that we do talk about a lot. I mean, we talked about at the top of the show is building decks for other people and um, having some restrictions there. You know, you're going to get some really creative builds out there. And this is also like kind of an interesting tool with playgroup balance too, because you're building something for someone else. The decks that I've received from you guys are all very classic to your deck building style, but also like acknowledging what I want to see in the deck. And I think that that's a really interesting like blend of flavors. So if that's something that the listeners out there want to try out in your group, give a shot. I mean, 50 bucks, you can make a pretty solid deck for that. I think you'd be really surprised with the cool builds that you can get. You you could also go higher if you want to make sure they get some crazy sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> As always, if you guys have salty stories you want to send to us, Email them to us on our Gmail at thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Send them to us as a DM on Reddit. We are the Howling Salt Mine on Reddit. Or DM it to us on Instagram, where we are the Howling Salt Mine on Instagram. Or fuck it, Twitter. Howling Salt Mine on Twitter. There's all of them. 
That's all of the social media. Are you guys on Mastodon yet? Or mail us uh, snail mail at (laughs) at PO Box two two. I don't remember it. (laughs) Useless. (laughs) Useless. Um, And as always, we ask you to keep those stories short, sweet, and to the salt. We actually do get a lot of stories, and man, some of them are just very long, and um, it's takes some editing to cut them down to get them on the show. So, uh, you know, you guys have heard the show. You know what the feel should be try to match that vibe (laughs) (laughs) and if you want more howling salt mine content join our patreon patreon.com slash howling salt mine we have bonus episodes that are coming out every month we have an avid discord with a little community that's growing there we're talking about cards we're talking about deck builds we're telling salty stories just kind of chatting about magic and, and, and talking life, about pet friends. Talking about our cute little pet friends. That's my favorite that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, supporting us there really means a lot. Um, all that money goes towards increasing the quality of this show, helping us with our recurring costs and things like, uh, you know, ordering special tokens and merchandise in the future and shit like that. If you guys haven't given us a five-star review yet on whatever app you are listening to that really goes a long way into giving our podcast more visibility in those apps and um you know helps other people find the podcast as well so we really appreciate that if you uh do five stars or give us a review or whatever you want to do and of course we got to thank our amazing podcast artist jd burnett devin burnett from Asheville, north carolina if you guys are in the area go get a sweet tattoo from him is that it? Did I do it all? I think so. I think that's you it. did it. You done did it, kid. All right. Stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Well, welcome okay. back, everybody. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Fucking kidding me? You didn't give any sort of signal that you were about to start, to be You guys fair. should just know. <laughs> I, I, why should I know? I'm not part of this. You didn't interrupt me, Nick. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Well, welcome back, Okay. Everybody. All right. Let's get a sandwich like, next week or oh something. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> so awful. So well, welcome the back. Salty card of the week is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I built for Sam, or sorry, I built for Nick this year. <laughs> Cut that. Make me look not stupid. <laughs> Put it in the outtakes. Make him look stupid. Do you want to? Are, are we? Are we? Are we doing it? Or is, yeah, are we get right in it, baby. Welcome oh, yeah. back from the bathroom, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you had a good piss. <laughs> my bladder is empty and my yeah. ears are open. And I'm ready to hear <laughs> what you guys have to say about these decks. Yeah. So like the dicks, the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> the dicks. I was about so to say, I was about to say the dicks that I've received from Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. Good How Lord. about those dicks that you received? Got there. <laughs> Fucking got there.